Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we begin our study of the first book of Kings, that's Malachim Aleph, chapter 18, that's Perak Yudches. If you recall, we were just studying chapter 17 together, where we read of Eliyahu Anavi, Elijah the Prophet. We read of his um, declaring a... a uh, a famine and um, you know and that the rain would stop for three years and the land would be famished and he did that because he was protesting the uh, king Ahab the evil king Ahab who had led the people astray and led the people of the kingdom of Israel away from God and towards the uh, idol worship and led them in all of those their corrupt practices and so on after that we learned of some of the early exploits of Eliyahu uh, as he was uh, basically separated himself from the king's palace. It would seem that Eliyahu was one of the prophets or maybe a leading or the leading prophet in the king's house whose job it was to lead the king in the right way. Eliyahu saw the corruption and felt that the uh, interestingly and we're going to see why this is important in, as we study today's chapter as well Elio declared it on his own he declared this this uh, this terrible calamity on his own he was not he wasn't told or at least we don't see any reference to the fact that he was told this by God so he himself decided that the way to go about fixing the behavior of the people would be through punishing them with a famine I would like to submit that the other events we studied in chapter 17, which are going to lead into chapter 18, are really God teaching Eliyahu that his path is not proper, his choices are not proper, his goal is proper. His goal, which is to bring the people led by their king back to God, is the proper goal. But his choice of method is not right. Not right because, and I'll say this, it's not the job of a person, of a prophet, to declare punishments upon people that's left to God it's the job of the prophet to bring people closer to God in the proper way to engage with them not to separate but to engage now let's see I, I just want to remind you um, of some of the episodes that we saw in chapter 17 the first thing God says to Elio you wanted to punish people I am going to show you how you are dependent upon other people and he went and he was by the by the Nachal, by the Wadi, you know, the small stream, and he was fed by the Orvim. Whether that's understood to be ravens, miraculous birds bringing him food, or Orvim meaning, uh, meaning merchants, um, <coughs> Arab merchants, that brought him food, regardless, he taught Elio how he is dependent upon others, right? That all people are dependent upon others, which should teach one us the lesson that we need to work to help each other and that that's the way to bring people closer to God. The second lesson, God says to him, I'm going to show you when the stream dries up, you're necessary, you need nature. People need nature. You can, when the stream is dry, you have to leave. And what did he do? The next thing he says, I'm going to show you that other people are ready to help you. You are dependent on others. So therefore, the lesson should be that you should be helping others, not punishing them. And, and that's why God led him to the widow. If I, re I recommend that you review chapter 17 to see all these points. I will show you that you, people are ready to help you, a widow who's, who has nothing, 
is willing to bring you into her house and feed you. And then I will show you how depressed and how awful this punishment that you decided people should deserve. That this is the way we should bring them back to God. When an innocent child gets sick and, 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 and his spirit leaves him and you are required to bring him and revive him and bring him back to life. This is the result of your declaration. And now God comes to Elio, God comes to Elio and says, the beginning of chapter 18, by Yamim Rabim, it was many days that this terrible famine was ongoing. And the word of God came to Eliyahu in the third year saying as follows, I want you to go appear before Ahab. That's how you should then be at Namatar al Adama. That is when I will bring rain back to earth. You, Eliyahu, declared before, only it will be on my word. That was what you, Eliyahu, said in the first verse of chapter 17. On my word, will the rain come back? God said, no, etna, I will be the one who decides when rain comes back to the earth. And it will happen when you go back to Ahab's house, not when you run away and you separate yourself. The way to bring it about is to be engaged. Which is why what's about to happen is about to happen. Eliyahu then went because God commanded him to be seen in Ahav's house. At this time, there was a terrible, terrible famine in Samaria and Shomron, which is where the capital now is of the northern kingdom of Israel, where it remained until its destruction many years later. And Ahav called to Ovadyahu. Ovadyahu, literally his name means the one who worships God, right? Who was in charge of his house. And Ovadyahu was a righteous man, a prophet in his own right. <clears throat> and he, Ovadyahu, he was a very God-fearing man. Now, this this is, um, so, and Ovadyahu had very conspicuously chosen a path, the opposite of Eliyahu's path. Right? Elio said, no, I'm leaving. I can't stay here in this house. I can't stay here and, and, and try to influence this house, but rather I'm getting out of here and I want God to punish these people with a famine in order to bring them back. But Ovadio chose an entirely different path. And because he stayed, this is verse 4, Bahakrit Izevel, when Izevel, Jezebel, the, the, the Ahab's wife, the queen, when she cut off and killed out all of the prophets of God, was able to to hide to take a hundred of the prophets and hide them. fifty people in a cave, presumably fifty in one and fifty in another. and he was able to bring them bread and water. <coughs> so Ovadyahu is the example of a person who chooses a completely different path than Eliyahu chose. God is about to bring about a meeting between. A- Elio and Ovadyahu because he wants to teach Elio that your path was wrong. That was not the right way to go. Vayomer Achav el Ovadyahu. Achav says to Ovadyahu, Lech ba'aretz el kol hamayim. I need you to travel through the land to all of the places where there are springs with water. V'yel kol ha'nechalim and all of this, all of the streams. Ulayin imtzachatzir. Maybe, maybe we can find some kind of green grass so that we can allow our horses and our mules to eat so that we shouldn't be left without any animals in other words 
their animals were starving to the get and in a time when people were dependent upon animal labor for to accomplish their tasks without animals they would be nothing and they divided up the country to pass through the land the king himself went on one path himself and Ovadio went on another path by himself. Here we see Achav, who is portrayed in most of the verses that we see as a terrible, terrible um, king. But here he's willing to go on his own, wander through the land in order to find food for the animals. And Ovadio cooperates and does this because at this time, it's not a time to be arguing about about philosophy it's not a time to be arguing about a religion it's not even it's a time to be rolling up your sleeves and doing what's necessary to help the people and save them from starvation to help the animals and save them from starvation so then Ovadyohu was walking on the road I'm at verse 7 and behold here is Eliyahu coming to greet him coming up the road the other way by Akirei who immediately recognized him by Yipol Alpanov and he fell on his face and he said Vayomer are you my master Elio obviously knew him from before when he was there when they worked together as as um, as fellow prophets in the house of the king whose job then was to help lead the king and the country in the right direction towards God Eliyahu who had chosen the path of abandoning the king because of the king's idolatry, because of the king's evil ways. But Ovadio decided to stay. Here we have the meeting between the two of them. Vayomer lo ani. And he said, yes, this is me. <coughs> and immediately Elio tells him what to do. Leich emor ladonecha Elio. Apparently Elio disagreed with his path. He said, go to your master, because he's not my master. Even though he was the, leg- the legitimate king, right? But, um, but he says, go to your master that Elio has arrived. Vayomer and Ovadiohu says to Elio, Mecha Tasi, what kind of sin have I committed? What is, uh, you think I'm such a, te- what, what did I do wrong? That you are telling, you're, you're putting me in the position that Achav is going to kill me. You, you want me to go to Achav and tell him Eliyahu is here? By the life of, of, of the Lord, your God, right? And he points out, your God. And we'll see, and, and I, I, I submit here, obviously, we know that, that he doesn't mean your God as opposed to mine. He means your God because you have followed God on a path, on this godly, in quotes, path of asceticism, a godly path of living out in the wilderness, a godly path of wandering out on your own and not being involved in the troubles of the people, right? And we'll see it in a couple of verses where I get this from. But here he says, but, but that's why he points to God, your God, the way you chose. But by the Lord, your God, by his life, if, say, if he lives, if he exists, in Yesh Goy, if there's even one nation or kingdom that my master, the one who you called my master, the king, he's been searching you out. And the Amru Ayin. And they all said he's not there. And he made each one of those kingdoms swear that they could not find you. Presumably, 
he's searching all around because he wants to kill Elio. But it doesn't really say that in the verse. It is possible, right, that he is searching out Elio because he genuinely wants help. It is possible that Elio, by not being there, missed an opportunity to help bring the king and work with the king and bring him closer to God. But, yeah, but now, I, I, the, the, he's been searching all over the place. Now you're telling me, here's Elio. In other words, you know where he is? And you've been hiding him from us this whole time? And what's going to happen? And listen to what he says here, which is absolutely astounding. Obadiah says, what's going to happen? I'm going to leave you. I'm going to go to the king. And the spirit of God, and this is kind of said in a sarcastic way, is going to carry you to some other place that I don't even know of. In other words, while I'm here working, while I'm here helping the people, while I'm here working with the king, right? you're going to go off into spirit land. You're going to go off into your meditation land. And then I'm going to come and tell Achav. And I'm going to tell him that I know where you are. And then I'm, and they won't find me. And they're going to kill me. And I don't deserve to die. He, says, I've been a God-fearing person. Don't you tell me, Elio, that I'm... You can't tell me that I deserve to die like all the other idol worshippers because I'm not. I've been worshipping God. Hello, who God laduni? Surely you know what I've been doing here. It's not like I've been sitting here. This is verse thirteen, doing nothing, twiddling my thumbs. Asa Sharasisi, surely you know what I've been doing here, and the fact that I've stayed here with Achab. What have I done? What have I accomplished? Baharogi Zevel at Adonai. When Jezebel, when Izevel killed out all of the prophets of God, Vaachbi Minivie Adonai Meaish. And I was able to hide and save from among the prophets a hundred men, chamishim, chamishim, ish, pamaora, fifty, fifty each in two different caves, and I fed them bread and water. And now you're telling me, that I should tell you that I know where Elio is while you go and wander off into your spiritual la uh, la uh, land with, with your God? I've been here, I've been working. What are you? So Vayomer Eliyahu, Eliyahu learned this lesson a little bit. He heard from Ovadiyahu and he said, Chai Adonai Tzvaos, Asher Amaditi Lefanov. By the Lord of, uh, by, by the life, and when it says here by the life, I want to say it doesn't of course mean that God lives. It's an expression of saying, as God exists, as there is such a thing, as God lit, exists, Asher Amaditi Lefanov, that God whom I stood before, Kiyom Eira Elov. I will appear before him, before Achav the king, today. In other words, I will not go wander off away. Because, of course, Eliyahu knew that God had already instructed him to appear before Achav. God had already instructed him to be there. So, therefore, once Eliyahu guaranteed that he's not going to go wander off into, the, into, the, into wherever, Ovadjohu went to greet Achav, and he told him, Presumably, it's, it's, one would assume that um, number one, Ovadiahu knew where to meet Achav, which Elio would not have necessarily known. And also, Elio uh, did not want to introduce himself to Achav right away because that would have been too much of a shock. He might have just killed him right away for abandoning the people. But, um, and so therefore, Ovadiahu went, and this way it might mitigate things a little bit. 
Achav went to greet Eliyahu, to greet Elijah. And it was, and it happened, when Achav saw Eliyahu, he saw Elijah, and Achav said to him, Are you the one who has troubled or ruined Israel? Now I want to talk a little bit about this word ocher, ayin chaf resh. The word ocher is almost always used in the concept of somebody who's upsetting the order. When things are peace, uh, the, a group or a society is moving along well, and an ocher comes along and just ruins it and wrecks it. Not in a constructive way, but in a destructive way. Someone who just unsettles the... the, the um, the equilibrium in the society. I'll give you a few examples so you'll see it. The first place where the word turns up is in Bereshit, in Genesis, Parak uh, Lamed Dalid, chapter 34, where the story of Shimon and Levi, Simon and Levi, Shimon and Levi, who went and killed out the people of the city of Shechem um, after they had circumcised themselves, after their leader's son had raped uh, Dina, the sister of Shimon and Levi. And after they had done this, this this terrible act of killing out all the people, Yaakov said, their father said to Shimon and Levi, Achartem osi, you have ruined me. Lehavisheni biyosheva aretz, now you have made me hated among the people of the land, of the Canaanites and the Prezites. Vanimusem ispar, they're going to come and they're going to kill me, and I will be destroyed. In other words, we had settled here, we had worked out agreements, arrangements, People thought of us as, as, a, as a peaceful tribe, a peaceful group with which they can do business and work, and you just ruined it all. Another place where we see this used is in, in Yoshua, in Joshua 7, where um, the, there was a cherem, a, a, uh, um, uh, placed on all of the, a prohibition placed on all of the items from the city of Yericho, of Jericho, which was the first city to be captured in the new land of Israel. And Achan went and took from the cherem, took from the property that he wasn't allowed to do, which ended up ruining things. Yoshua was, Joshua was leading the people in victories, and he ruined the whole thing. Vayomer Yoshua, in verse 25, Joshua said, Me'achartanu, how have you ruined us, right? Because of what he had done. And we see several places, we see uh, the, the same things, uh, issues. So over here, uh, Achav is choosing a very interesting word here. Achav is pointing out to Elio something which um, which sh- would have uh, hit Elio deep in the heart because of the speech that Elio was just given by Ovadio, right? Which and, and the hint, not the hint, but the outright uh, command that God gave Elio was to go back. And Achav said, you are the Ocheri Israel, you are the one that ruined the people of Israel. Right? You ruined everything. You could have been here to help when you were needed. You could have been here with Ovajohu who helped, but you didn't. Of course, Achav also meant right, uh, um, other things, right, which might not have been such uh, wonderful thoughts. But remember that here we're looking at this little glimmer of, of goodness within the man who is overall bad, and that is, you were Ocher Yisrael. You should have stayed here. You should have been here with us when we needed you. Vayomer and Elio here didn't get that message. He didn't get that message. 
and he will get the message eventually as we learn through and study Eliyahu's life as God teaches him that message but Eliyahu says Lo Israel. I am not the one who troubled and ruined Israel and Eliyahu of course brings out the truth which is the ultimate ultimate truth is of course that the one who made this whole problem is you and your father's house because you're the ones who abandoned God and you're the ones that decided to go after the Baalim, to go after the the uh, the uh, idols of the Baal. Now, so had you not done that, we would have all been on the right path. So, so that's the right path that I was supposed to lead you on. But Achav's point and Ovadio's point is still a very important, and God's point to Elio. We had three people telling him the same point, and that is is that by leaving, by abandoning us. You didn't bring us closer to God, but rather you weren't here when we needed you. You declared trouble and, and problems which didn't bring the people closer to God. And then in, in, I'm going to stop here, and the next podcast we're going to look at a way that Elio tried to bring the people closer to God, but still didn't get the message that God really wanted to teach Elio about how to bring the people closer to God, at, but he, which he will at eventually learn but we'll get there so thank you so much for studying the first half of chapter 18 together looking forward to studying the second half and many many more chapters together and of course the entire book of kings together thank you so much have a wonderful day